Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and I'm glad you could be with us. We are in the middle of our message series that's called The Usual Suspects, where we're looking at uh, the profile of five fools that you find in the Bible. Throughout the normal course of life, we make reference to foolish behavior that we see, like this guy. I mean, we, we look at this and we say, that's that's foolish. What are you doing? I mean, he's got a ladder on a rolling cart and a rolling trash can, and he's way up in the air trying to fix this this light. We can recognize foolish behavior when we see it, but sometimes we don't see the foolish behavior in ourselves. And part of this is because folly is bound up in the heart of a child. So we are born with this foolishness inside of us, and we all have different tendencies for how this foolishness comes out, and it's just hard to recognize sometimes. In the first message, we looked at how our hearts are sad. They're selfish, they're arrogant, they're damaging, and this selfishness, it comes from this Hebrew word eveleth, which means I want what I want. The arrogant comes from this Hebrew word halela, which means I deserve what I want. And then the damaging, it comes from the Hebrew word ra, which is I'm willing to hurt you to get what I want. Now, putting all these together in a summary statement would be, I want what I want, I deserve it, and I don't want to hurt you, but I will to get what I want. So as you dig into the Bible, you you start to see these profiles of fools emerge. So we all have these these selfish, arrogant, damaging hearts. But And we, we have this English word fool, but as you dig into the Bible, that English word fool is actually a bunch of different Hebrew words are translated into the English fool. And these five profiles start to emerge, and it's really helpful for us to look at these profiles and see, oh, I tend to line up with Lazy Larry, like we talked about last week. Um, and I actually do. I do line up with Lazy Larry, uh, like we talked about last week. This profile comes from the Hebrew word kasil, and it's just, it's my natural tendency to, to go towards this. When I was growing up, I knew that when my mom would give me a task at home, like say, wash the windows, if I just kept asking enough questions about doing it the right way, Eventually, I get to she'd get to the point where she'd say, "You know what? I I can just do it. I'll, I'll I'll take care of it." I didn't want to do the work, so my lazy Larry strategy kicked in. If I just kept talking enough and asked enough questions, I could get out of the work. And so, as we go through these profiles, you might start to feel uncomfortable as you recognize some of the patterns in your own life. I want to encourage you to look at at recognizing these patterns is a good thing because if we can see them, then we can rely on God's power to change the patterns in our life and start to live life God's way and experience the blessing that comes from that rather than the pain that comes from the foolish behavior. So today we are looking at controlling Connie. Controlling Connie's profile comes from this Hebrew word, evil. Proverbs 29.9 says, If a wise man has an argument with a fool, 
The fool, and both those words for fool are that evil, only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet. This fool, like the seal, is committed to the aveleth folly, the aveleth part of our sad hearts, the selfishness, the I want what I want. And aveleth folly comes out of the avil and conceal as they arrogantly think they know what is best. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Now this area of folly, the arrogantly thinking I know what is right, it can be, it can sneak up on us. At least it does for me. I know I, I wouldn't come out and say, you know what guys, I got this. I know what's best. I'm not going to listen to any advice because I, I know exactly what needs to happen in this situation. I wouldn't say those exact words, but my actions communicate that I really think I know what is best. One of the ways that I, commu- I can communicate this is I can research, I'm, I'm into researching a decision and, and making it, and I can look all around it, and I can get basically to where I have decided what needs to happen. And I have, I'm about to move forward, and then I can ed- ask advice at that point. So I've got all my reasons for why I'm doing it. I'm basically locked into my decision. I'm not going to change my mind. And then I'm asking advice. I'm just putting, trying to, to put a rubber stamp of approval on my decision rather than actually getting other people's input and perspective on what I'm about to decide. Another way that, that I think we can think we know the best in our decisions is just making decisions in the flow of life. They just kind of happen. These opportunities come up and we take them. Um, I usually can recognize big decisions. Like when my family moved from Texas to California, that was a big decision, right? So I ask for advice on that. But there's other decisions that just kind of happen and seem to make sense in the flow of life, like with kids' activities or with small financial decisions. Or uh, there's an opportunity for a work training that comes up and and I take it and I don't realize – Oh, saying yes to that means I had to say no to these really important things that I wish I didn't have to say no to now. And so it's easy for us to think we know what's best without even realizing it. That's what we're doing. Now, the Evil and the Kassil are committed to arrogantly thinking they know what is best and that they don't need to listen to any advice. And this leads to pain in relationships and in life. Now, these two fools, they also, they stubbornly pursue their goals. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her hands tears it down. The image that we get from Proverbs 14.1 is this person that's so committed to their ways. They're actually tearing down their house, but they don't realize it because they're so committed to their goals and doing what they want. That's what can happen when we get focused on our goals and we're not willing to, to take advice. We just stubbornly push forward even when it's causing problem Problems. The veal and the casil, they're also hasty with people, projects, 
decisions, and speech. Proverbs 18.13 says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Have you have you ever done that before? Uh, given an answer before someone has finished asking the question, and you answer the question you thought they were going to ask, but it actually wasn't the question that they were going to ask, and you just you look foolish, right? It's it's so embarrassing. Hastiness is the hallmark of these fools, the Avil and the Casil. And then those committed to Avila, they also they blame God for their self-created problems in life. Proverbs 19.3, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. This type of fool rages against the Lord when things don't go the way they thought because they're not wrong, right? I know I'm right. So if I'm right and it's not turning out the way that I want, God must have intervened and I'm going to rage against this because it's it's him who's blocking my goals, when in reality, it's the way that they're relating. It's their strategies for life that's bringing about the consequences that they are experiencing. The Casile and the Avil fools are all in, committed to selfishness. Yet their tactics are very different. The Casile wants a life of ease. We looked at that last week, and they they don't want trouble from people because that would that would just be more work and and they don't want more work. They they just want a life of ease. But the avil goes about these foolish tendencies a lot different way. We can think about it uh, like in Captain America when in Captain America he's the small guy and he gets the serum and then he turns into this huge guy. Get that picture in your mind with the Avil. But they get two doses of the serum. So they turn into this huge person that is committed to the selfishness. I want what I want. The Avil knows that they are right. They believe that others should get in line with what they think is right because they know what's right, and they'll use any tactic that they need in order to accomplish their goals. So they don't mind conflict or putting pressure on people because they are not afraid to work hard to get what they want. So let's meet the reactive way fool. They are unwavering, unwaveringly fierce towards their goal. Proverbs 29.9, we looked at this earlier. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet, controlling Connie is unwavering in her pursuit of what she wants. And if you get in an argument with a reactive way fool, there is no quiet because they are convinced that they are right. They are committed to their position, so they will wear you down to win the argument. If this fool was an animal, it would be a badger once it's engaged with another animal in a fight. I looked at a couple of my kids' books to 
read on badgers just to see how they are in a fight. And wow, take a look at this picture of a honey badger who apparently got in a fight with a porcupine. Badgers do not fight. They do not back down from a fight with any animal. I found a low quality video that we're not going to show because it's too fuzzy of a badger fighting a bear. And the badger is just going at it with the bear. They are not backing down one bit. They may not win, but they'll fight bears. They'll fight lions. And they keep fighting ferociously until the animal leaves or they die. And that's the image that we get of the avil fool. This reactive way fool. They are fierce towards their goals. They might use subtle manipulation to get what they want, or they might just run over you to get what they want. But the effect is the same. Over time, people want to avoid these types of people. Now, one of the way that the reactive way fool tries to get what they want is they provoke people to get what they want. Proverbs 27.3 says, A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. The reactive way fool has a very hard time letting things go. They just can't do it. They can't let go of their goals and what they think you should do in order to reach their goals. And so they provoke. They use hints. They manipulate. And they keep going after their goals for you or for themselves until it gets accomplished. And this verse says a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. And so this weight just piles on top of people with comment after comment, manipulation after manipulation, and they keep not backing down until the weight is too much that it conforms the person to do what they want. They just do what they want so they can get the weight off of them. That's what the reactive way does. Another strategy of the reactive way is they use easily upset to get what they want. Proverbs 12:16, the vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Have you ever seen a child absolutely distraught when they don't get what they want? We could probably go over to the uh, the uh, preschool class and on a Sunday morning and we would probably see this scenario play out. Two get, two kids go for the same toy, one gets it. The other one is just, boom, upset instantly. And if the other kid has a heart for them and gives them the toy, the tears stop immediately because they got what they want. That's this fool in action, this foolish pattern in action is I'm upset easily. I let it be known. And then people conform to me to give me what I want. Now, as we get older, we don't just throw tantrums, right? We, we get more sophisticated in how we, how we use this easily upset strategy. And so it, it might look something more subtle, like, uh, the, maybe dad in a family decides we're going to go to In-N-Out for dinner. One of the kids says, okay, dad, I'll just, 
I guess I just won't eat anything tonight. And then the dad says, well, I want everybody to eat, so we'll pick somewhere else. You see, they let their upset be known. They don't want in and out tonight. And then they got what they want. Now, when you're dealing with this type of a fool, you've got to really figure out boundaries and set boundaries. So a better way to approach that if you're the dad in that situation is to say, is to set boundaries and say, you know what? We decided we're going to in and out. I'd love for you to get something. But if not, you can get something when you, when we go home after dinner. But remember, you got to clean up all the dishes because part of the reason we're going out is so we don't have to do dishes tonight. So you're welcome to eat with us or you can wait till we get home. That would be a way to put some boundaries around the easily upset person who's trying to get what they want. But this easily upset, it might be just a look of sadness or a heavy sigh or huff or tears or whatever gets the point across to get what I want. This fool's easily upset. They let it be known to those around them in some way. And they're going to make your life miserable until you conform to give them what they want. They let their vexation be known. And what ends up happening is they end up vexing everybody around them. And people just want to avoid them and stay away. And so there's just this constant drama that goes on around the avial type person. And it's exhausting. These people also refuse to admit wrongdoing. Proverbs 14.9 says, Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. The evil mocks the guilt offering. In Hebrew culture, the guilt offering was made when you committed a sin. So this fool mocks at having to make such an offering. Maybe we don't actively mock guilt offering. We don't have guilt offerings anymore, but maybe we don't mock it. Uh, mock sin, but we can, I know for me, I can sure argue in my mind and to people when I get caught doing something wrong. We can make excuses. We can try to talk our way out of experiencing consequences from the wrongdoing. And that's a way that we are refusing to admit that we could, we, we've done anything wrong. So we might uh, something that I encourage you to do is to think in your life, is there something that I'm just not admitting that I've done that is wrong, that I need to go and clear up with somebody? And you say, you know what? It was wrong of me to do that. Will you forgive me? The avil mocks the idea of admitting that they are wrong because they know that they are right. And you need to conform to my will because I'm right. You're wrong. They're not going to clear up relationships. They're going to punish you until you conform to them and their will. Now, this fool sounds like a lot of fun, huh? <laughs> no, not so much. And what I'm describing is a somebody who is fully committed to this folly. They're full on evil. And... People don't want to be around this fool. Now, if you recognize some of what we've looked at in yourself, 
I don't want you to go away from church discouraged. When someone yields their life to Christ, he gives us the power to overcome our foolish tendencies. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a, work, uh, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The avils of the world, they know how to get stuff done. Now they go about it in a way that damages people and ultimately isolates themselves. But... If we can weed out the folly inside of us, think about all of the good works that these people could do. Because they're created by God. They are his workmanship. God can redeem us. He, he does. And he can turn, he can weed out and prune the folly back. So that how he has made us is used for his purposes. And think of the good works that he has prepared for us to do. So how do we move beyond this reactive way, fool? How do we get the folly out so that we can do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do? You know, controlling Connie has this double dose of the desire for what she wants. In order for her to move beyond the reactive way, Connie needs to learn to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The evil fool is focused on making a direct path to accomplish their goal. The way out of this foolish pattern is to learn to trust God and believe that he will make your path straight. God's way looks crooked going forward. And then when you look back, you can see how it was straight for where God wanted you to go. The Avil needs to learn from the Bible and do what it says, especially when it looks like God's ways are taking you on a detour from your goals. One of the verses that always looks crooked to me but it turns out to be straight is Proverbs 11:25. Says a generous man will prosper, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Doesn't that sound backwards? If I want to be refreshed, then I need to focus on other people? That doesn't seem right, does it? But it actually turns out to be true cuz the Bible is true and real and as we put it into practice, we experience life God's way. And it's, it's so much better than the way we think we should go. My son Blake and I were talking about this verse a few months ago. Uh, Blake's 11 years old, almost 12, and 
he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease last uh, November. And he was discouraged like I was. And I, I mentioned this verse as he was discouraged. And I just said, hey, bud, Proverbs 11.25 talks about he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And when I'm feeling down and like I, I need some refreshment, um, I've, I've tried this verse and God brings me refreshment as I refresh others. A little while later, um, I can't remember days or a month later, he, he was asking how he could help someone. And I talked to him this week about that verse and that experience. And I said, what, what did you feel when you, you did it? He said, I don't know. I just, I felt better as I chose to refresh other people. That's what happens when we put the Bible into practice. God comes through and he's true to his word and our trust in, in the Lord grows. And as that grows, we can trust in God's way over my way. The way to move beyond this folly is to trust that God's ways are better than my goals. And our trust in God is developed as we make these daily choices to trust what the Bible says and do it. When we decide to put our full weight on God's word in faith and to do what it says, God comes through. And we realize his way is better than my way. And as we do that, we can move beyond controlling Connie. Each week we have next steps that you can take in response to the message. And this is because we want people to learn to trust God by doing what he says. And there's blessing in the doing of God's word, not just the hearing talks about that in the book of James. So here's some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message today. My first next step, uh, or my next step today is to ask God to help you to see the consequences of this foolish pattern. Proverbs 9.12 says, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The avil fool isolates themselves and suffers the consequences from their selfishness. Ask God to show you if if you're relating this way. Maybe go through the Meet the Reactive Way Fool section on the listening guide, the sermon notes um, tab, and ask God, is there ways that I'm I'm doing these different things with the people around me? Show me, God, what I need to change and then change it. Trust that God's way is better than you getting the goal that you think you need. The next next step is to focus on what God wants me to do, not what others ought to do. Galatians 6, 4 and 5 says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. The Bible instructs us to focus on our own stewardships. We need to not focus on what others should be doing. The evil fool has a plan for everybody's life and those around them. 
when you start to focus on those around you and what they should be doing, stop. Focus on what God wants you to do. If what others need to do is outside of your stewardship, don't direct them. Leave that to God. You you might have a specific name that's just easy for you to focus on what they ought to be doing. So you might want to change this next step to say, focus on what God wants me to do, not what put in the person's name ought to do. And then the third next step is reject being wise in my own eyes and ask for advice on fill in the blank. An attitude of humility goes a long way to start developing wisdom in our lives to get out of these foolish strategies. There's something going on in your life right now that you realize, you know what, I just need to ask somebody about it. It feels like it makes sense for me to do this, but I need to get some advice and ask people about whether I should make this decision or not. This will save you from so much trouble if we learn how to get input in small and big ways. Controlling Connie causes a lot of damage in her personal life, and to the relationships around her. But Christ sets us free to be able to deal with these foolish strategies in our own life. And he can help us to learn how to trust God's way over my way. Let's pray and ask for his help to do that. God, we ask that you would help us to trust you and not the direction we think we should go. Help us to figure out where we're off base and where we are pushing for our way rather than focusing on what it is that you have for us. Reveal that to us and help us to um, really be able to be a blessing to those around us rather than trying to control them to get them to do what we want. We ask for your help in this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.